Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. We are in week number three of our series, It's Complicated. Has anybody gotten any good stuff so far from, from this series this month? Yes, good, wonderful. Um, so we're talking about relationships, all about relationships and how complicated they can get because it doesn't take very, very long. Um, if you've ever been uh, someone's friend, someone's uh, relational interest, some of their romantic interests, their spouse, whatever, it doesn't take very long for us to realize that relationships get complicated quick, but they don't have to be. And so we like to, we, like to we, we start our series off every uh, Sunday with this verse out of Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9. It says this, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That God's way of doing things is always exponentially better than our way of doing it on our own. And so we complicate things. We complicate relationships, things like that. God said it doesn't need to be complicated. His ways are higher than ours. And so, uh, remember our thesis for this series is that in order for relationships to work, we have to let the one who designed them define them. In order for relationships to work, we have to let the, the one who designed them define them. So quick, uh, quick it's okay, uh, show, show of hands here. Um, who in here has someone that you would call your best friend? Best friend, best friend. Some of y'all aren't raising your hand. Look around to somebody else that's not raising their hand. You guys get connected and now you have a potential best friend. But most of us would say they're... That we would have a, somebody in our life that we call a best friend. And when, when we think about friendships, when we think about that, um, there's some really prominent friendships, relationships that pop up in my mind. You got um, Sesame Street, you got Bert and Ernie, uh, you got Robin Big, anybody, MTV, anybody? Uh, you've got uh, Jerry, George, Elaine, and Nobody watched Seinfeld. Kramer, okay? Seinfeld's not a go in here. Uh, you got Harry and Ron for all my Potterheads out there. Not Potheads, y'all. Potterheads. Uh, we talk about life on high, not living high life. Uh, we got Woody and Buzz, who out there likes Toy Story. We're talking about best friends. Woody and Buzz. Um, and then... I just I saw somebody's sweatshirt earlier. That's awesome. We got Joey, Phoebe, Monica, Chandler, Ross, and Rachel. You guys ever watch Friends? I heard a whoop from somebody. It's great. But when we think about the Bible, when you think about what Christianity has and what is written in the Bible, if you've ever read the book of Acts, then maybe you think about these two guys, one named Paul and one named Barnabas. And I want to read about them for a second, um, the title of today's message is Real Relationships. Real Relationships. You see what I did there? Anybody? No? Tough crowd. Okay. Real Relationships. Let's start in Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 41. It says this. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. 
But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. So there's some key players in this text, okay, this morning. We have some key players. We got a guy named Paul. We got a guy named Barnabas. We have a young guy named John, also known as Mark. Also in other places in your Bible, he's known as John Mark. And then we, uh, and then we have a guy named Silas that we don't really hear too much about in this passage. But we have Paul, we have Barnabas, and we have John Mark. So Paul... Just to, just to catch you up, Paul is what's called um, an apostle of the church. And what he would do, um, would he, he, he and Barnabas, really both of them, would go around and they would plant churches, kind of like what we did here at Summit View. And they planted them all up and down the Mediterranean coast. There was, there was multiple churches that they would go plant and they would go start and they'd hang out maybe for a, a period of time, maybe a couple years, two, three years, maybe ten years. And they would, um, they would raise that church up and then they'd move on, they'd plant another one. And they would uh, eventually, it comes to the point where they're like, hey, let's go back and check on those churches because it's been a while. I just want to see them, see how they're doing. And so um, Paul, this really bad dude, didn't start, uh, he, he like, he's the apostle, but he didn't start that way. He didn't really start as a Christ follower. In fact, he was such a bad dude that he was um, the chief murderer of Christians when the church first started after Jesus had gone back to heaven. Paul made it his personal mission to go and and try to lock up, chain up, beat up, kill as many Christians as he possibly could because uh, he was a Jew and he felt that what they were speaking was heresy, that it was, um, that they were, they were speaking false against the one true God of Israel. And so um, it was actually lawful for them uh, to go out and to, you know, to stone guys, to lock them up and do all this. And he was the chief persecutor of all the Christians. And he was the worst guy. Like if you, if, if you saw him coming, you better run the other way because he's probably going to get you. He's going to stone you. In fact, he was standing there um, kind of leading the charge on the very first person that is written about that was killed for Christ. And our Bible is found in Acts chapter 7. You can see that his name was Stephen, and Paul was sitting there directing all the efforts. So he didn't, he didn't start off as this great Christian. What happened, though, when he was on his way to a place called Damascus, he's riding his animal, and, and then the, the risen, resurrected Jesus appeared right before him. And he blinded Paul, knocked him off of his, uh, his horse, and, and Paul was blind until um, he, he actually confessed Jesus as the Lord of his life right there laying on the ground. And he, he realized that Jesus is real, that this is a real deal. And so Jesus said, hey, go into the city. You're going to uh, meet this guy, get baptized. And then Paul was, was healed from his blindness. And he spent years after that dedicating um, his life to planting these churches. And so there's this guy named Barnabas, though, that had to really take Paul under his wing and introduce him to all of the other disciples of Jesus. Because understandably, when these guys saw Paul coming, like he's walking up ready to be accepted in the family, they see him coming, they're like, oh my God, no! And, uh, and they're, pro- they're terrified. And Barnabas has to speak for him and say, hey, it's all good. He's, he's one of us now. And he pulls him in, and, and Paul and Barnabas, they become 
best friends really quickly. And so um, I say all, they, they, they planted all these churches together all up and down the Mediterranean coast. And I say all that to say this, that Paul and Barnabas, they were close as brothers. Like if you see anybody in the Bible, there's a couple relationships that will stand out as just very, very close, closer than brothers would be. And Paul and Barnabas would check that box. Like Paul and Barnabas, they're like, they're like day ones. You know, like my day, we'd call them BFFs. Um, Paul and Barnabas, they, they went everywhere together. And now enter this guy named John. This young guy, John, also called Mark. And, uh, and John Mark, he's a relative of Barnabas, okay? So he's either like Barnabas' cousin or his nephew. We're not really sure because um, it's some kind of relation to Barnabas. And so John Mark, he joins Paul and Barnabas on, as they start out on their missionary journey. And John Mark is kind of their assistant. He's, their, uh, he's kind of their intern, right? And he makes it a couple cities with them. He, he does a couple things, and then he decides... I'm going to bail. <laughs> this ain't what I thought it was going to be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bail out. And the Bible doesn't really tell us why he bailed out, but it just tells us that he does. And so when we come to our text this morning, Paul and Barnabas are looking to return to some of those churches that they planted. And then Barnabas suggests that they take John Mark with them, which Paul didn't think that was a very great idea because he's already bailed one time. What's to say he's not going to do it again? And now we read these words that um, Paul and Barnabas got into a very sharp dispute. What that means is like a violent dispute, like, like coming to blows kind of argument. Paul and Barnabas got there, and they ended up parting ways. After all these years, Paul and Barnabas split up. Barnabas took John Mark with him. Paul takes a young man named Silas with him, and they split. Have you guys ever had such a sharp disagreement with somebody that you just like couldn't help it, but you just got into a fist fight. You just punched them right in the mouth. I remember there was this time I, I wrestled in high school in my senior year. Um, we're going to state, the state tournament. It's a Wednesday, and we're driving down to Lakeland, Florida. And it's, you know, it's a, f- a couple-hour drive, two- or three-hour drive. And, uh, and right before, you know, tensions are high, and, uh, and there's this guy, I'm not going to name any names here because I don't want anybody, if they listen to this, but um, my best friend at the time, we got in this argument, and we're in this, this van, we're not on the bus, we're in this black van because we like to ride in style, you know what I mean? There's only a few of us, and we're like, let's, let's black this thing out and go. And so we're sitting in this van, and we got into this sharp argument. Tensions are high, I don't even remember what we were arguing about. But uh, I just turned around and punched him right in the mouth. Just turned around, boom! And then I stepped out of the car, and he, he stepped out of the car, and he punched me right in my nose. And then we got back in the car, and we went to state tournament. And uh, y'all don't... See, guys, we can do that, right? We can hit each other in the mouth. Don't do it in church, but we can hit each other in the mouth and keep on going. Y'all ladies, y'all are, y'all are scarier than that, though. Y'all, y'all cut them down where it, where it matters. Um, but... There was that moment that we got into this sharp disagreement that we actually came to blows. And maybe in today's age for you, it's like, well, we didn't really come to blows because I couldn't punch them over the internet, but I sure wanted to. Maybe over Facebook, um, somebody said something that just ruffled your feathers all the wrong way. I promise you over the past two years, I'm sure everybody in here has had your feathers ruffled by somebody 
on the internet that got just a little too brave. Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was um, a co-worker. Maybe, uh, God forbid, maybe it's somebody in this church. You're like, I don't even know why I'm still going to church there, but I am. Thank you, guys. It's awesome. Uh, but but I, I think it would be safe to say that the majority of us at some time in our lives in this situation, just like Paul and Barnabas, that we got into this sharp argument with somebody and we're in the moment trying to figure out how we're going to react. And so Paul and Barnabas, they chose to split ways. And that was okay because Romans chapter 12, verse 18 tells me this. If, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So Paul and Barnabas, they realized, there's no way I'm going to live at peace with you. Because this, this verse here says, if it's possible... So it lets me know that there are times where it's just not possible. And the most mature thing that you can do is probably split ways, probably part ways. Um, and maybe in the future you can come back together and be friends again. But there is a place where it's not possible to live at peace. And that's okay. We're going to be okay with that too. So, but, but when we speak of friendships, we have to address the fact that in, in the Bible and in life... Um, we can see that there's multiple levels of friendship, right? Without um, being too specific, I, I see four of them. Okay, you have four levels of, of friendship. Number one, you have your acquaintances. These are the people like, you know their name, they know your name, you know of them, they know of you, but you probably never hung out before. Um, then you have friends, and, and they know you, and hey, maybe you guys have done things together on occasion as a group or something like that. You, just call, you can call them your friends. Then you have your best friends that, like, you guys are together all the time. They probably know your favorite show. They probably know your favorite sports team. They know your favorite place to eat. Um, and then you have in uh, our, our, our deepest level of friendship is what Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 uh, refers to as a friend that sticks closer than a brother. A friend that sticks closer than the brother. And this is the person, like this is the closest that someone can be. Like this person might know things that would put you in jail if they slipped out. Like this is how close this friendship is. And there's, there's a few instances in the Bible where we can see that there is this kind of relationship. But every level... Of, that, uh, of these relationships. Every level of friendship requires a different level of investment from you, and it requires a different level of trust. See, trust, and when we come into relationship, trust is the investment. Like, if you want a better relationship, that means I'm trusting them with more of my time, more of my energy, more of my truth. Now, you need people in each of these categories in your life. And, but not every person needs to be in your like best friend or closer than a brother category. In fact, if you start putting the wrong people into the wrong categories, somebody's going to end up being hurt. They're going to walk away wounded. We can say it like this. If we put people into places that they can't handle, it can destroy them and it can destroy you. And this is what happens with our lives and our relationships. We start putting people that aren't are never meant to be as close to us, we start putting them in the wrong category and we start sharing too much and they go out 
and betray us. I was in elementary school, and, uh, and I, I feel like I had you know, a good amount of friends in elementary school. I don't feel like there was really a time growing up um, in my younger years that I was like lonely, and I loved having friends. If you guys don't know me, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert. I just, I've, got a, I've got some pictures that prove it of just, I, I was wild. And, um, but there's this one time in elementary school, I can't remember, I think it was fourth or fifth grade, I started liking this girl. And, uh, and so it was like a secret crush, though, like the one you don't really tell. I don't know why we even have those secret crushes, but it was a secret crush, and I didn't tell anybody. Well, scratch that. I told one person, okay? This was my best friend at the time, and I, I told him about it. And, uh, and I said, hey, I like this girl, and uh, Valentine's Day is coming up, and I want to maybe slip her a valentine. Uh, my dad always helped me make the coolest valentines. He's just like... I don't know, he helped me craft it, and uh, he, I got the credit, but he did all the work. You guys know how that is in school. Um, but I have this crush on this girl, and I said, but don't tell her. Don't tell her. And, uh, and what do I know? I turn around, and the next thing I know, he has told her that I have this crush on her. I'd confided in him my deepest, darkest secret at the time. Because in elementary school, you don't have like too much, right? But it was like my deepest, darkest secret, and I was like... I've been betrayed. You guys ever felt betrayed by somebody before? Maybe for you it's something that was more sensitive than that, though. It wasn't just an elementary school crush. Maybe your friend, your family member, your ex-spouse, maybe it wounded you in a way that has lasting effects still on your life. You have a hard time trusting people because of it. And I know this is you because you have said at some point in your life that I'm never going to put myself in a position to be hurt like that again. Those words have even popped in your head or they've come out of your mouth. And it's happened because someone was in the wrong category in your life. And they got close, they betrayed you, and they wounded you. And I want to encourage you today with this, okay? If that's you, don't give up. Don't give up that God has put people out there that are specifically meant to come into your life and bring with them healing and joy. Don't give up on everyone because of that one person. It's not worth it. Like somebody's, people are going to betray you, but don't throw it all away because of this one person. But there's some, there's some things um, that we can really learn from uh, Paul and Barnabas this morning that I think are going to be helpful for us. We're talking all about friendships today, all about relationships today. Number one, you can write this down, real relationships are tough. Just going to come out the gate with that. Real relationships, if you're going to have a real friendship with somebody, it's tough. It's hard. If I was to ask everyone in this room to raise your hand, if you've ever been hurt by a friend, this entire room would have their hand up. In fact, let's do that. Raise your hand if you've ever felt personally victimized by Regina George. Nobody's watched Mean Girls in this entire room. Okay, cool. Well, throw that whole thing up. That was supposed to be a joke. The only joke is me. Um, but listen, actually, let's do this, okay? If you've ever been hurt by a friend, go ahead and raise your hand. If you've had a friend hurt, hurt you, betray you, some of y'all don't have your hand up, just wait. <laughs> it's going to happen. Okay, you can put your hands down. Got a shoulder workout here in church. But relationships are tough. Relationships are hard because the currency of relationship is trust. 
When we enter into a relationship, me and you, I'm telling you, I'm trusting you not to hurt me with what I'm giving you. And then you're trusting me to do the same right back. But Proverbs chapter 27 says this in verse 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Guys, when, have you ever watched those videos on YouTube of somebody making swords or sharpening things up? You know what they all, it all has in common? There's always sparks. I've never seen iron get, get sharpened without there being some sparks What's it caused by? It's caused by the friction. And real relationships are tough. But as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. What does that mean? There's going to be moments that if we're going to grow, there's going to be sparks that fly in our friendship. It's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. One of the toughest things that we encounter when we start our, opening ourselves up to people is learning how to disagree with them and giving them grace when they fail to meet our expectations. See, when it all comes down to it, the easiest way to remember to give grace to others when they fail to meet our expectations is, I've got to remember the words of Jesus that says, do to others as you want them to do to you. And so if I want grace for myself and my failures, because I know myself best, and I know that I'm going to mess it up, if I want that myself, I've got to extend it to other people. Real relationships are tough. They're hard. There's friction. But, number two, real relationships are rewarding. Real relationships are rewarding. I'll say that five times fast. Let me preface this by saying that relationships are only going to be as rewarding as the investment that you put in. That's, that's what's going to be the cap here to our relationship is going to be the investment that I put into it. People, you need friendships in your life. Let me say it this way. You need good friendships in your life. There's, there's so many times where I was feeling low, I was feeling less than, life wasn't meeting my expectations, and I had to lean on my relationships to make it through. There's a story in the Bible that represents this really well. There's this story that um, in the Old Testament, Israel, God's nation, is going into battle with these people called the Amalekites. And uh, Moses was the leader of Israel at the time. And so the, the war was raging down below, and, and Moses was standing up on this hill overlooking this battle. And what would happen was, when Moses would take his staff, he would raise his hands into the air. Israel started winning the battle. But every time that his arms would drop, Israel would start to lose the battle. And so I don't know about you. I don't know how many crossfitters you ha we have in here. But I wouldn't be making it very long. Okay, These shoulders are not built for um, Moses' action. So, uh, but every time his arms were in the air, Israel would start winning. And when he would drop them, Israel would start losing. And so Moses' arms would grow tired, obviously, because he's have to hold them all the way up. And then and Aaron and her, there's these two guys named Aaron and her, not H-E-R, not like a female, but H-U-R. Very confusing, I know. It's, uh, it's, the Bible's a very confusing book. Um, Y'all, take a deep breath. Let's loosen up. <sighs> okay, 
here we go. Aaron and her, though, Moses is, um, I guess you could call them his friends. What they do is they bring uh, a stone, and they let Moses sit down on this stone. And then each one of them takes one arm, and they hold it up for Moses. Because as, as long as Moses' arms are raised... Israel is winning the battle. And so Aaron and Hur come on either side of Moses and they hold his arms up. And Israel wins the battle. We need people in our lives that will come beside us and they'll hold us up when times get tough. When you're tired, when you're exhausted, when life has beat you down, you need an Aaron and you need a Hur that will come along beside you and they'll hold you up. And you know you can make it because they're supporting you. Who do you have in your life that you know when you go into battle, when you go into a, a, a warfare situation in life, that they're going to be there holding you up? Who do you have that's going to help you carry out God's plan for your life? If you guys don't know anybody, this is a really great place to find somebody right here in this church. See, when life gets tough, you have to have friends that you can count on to bear your burdens with you. You have to have friends that you're connected with that can hold you up when you're low. But in return, you get the honor of holding them up when they're low. Here's my challenge for you today. Whenever we dismiss, whenever we're done here, don't immediately just run to your car. Hang out for a few minutes and just meet somebody that you've never met before. Say hi to somebody that you've never met before. Maybe that person that you turned to earlier and said, uh, I don't really love country music at all. Um, did you guys know that country music is the most popular genre of music in the world? I didn't say it. Whatever. Just maybe you guys love it. But, but maybe hang out. Talk to that person a little bit more. Get to know them. Get connected with somebody else in this church. Because they're going to be the people that can come beside you when times get tough and hold you up. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 says this, or verse 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. Don't do that before you're married. But how can, t- how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You will never be completely fulfilled in your relationship with God until you have others to experience it with. You need people in your life, but listen to me, guys. Somebody needs you. There are people that need you. I love to tell people this, that you are a 10 at something. There's something in your life you are a 10 at. You are, you are better than anyone else around you. You're a 10. People need what you have to offer. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that, but you have something inside you that is special. It's unique. It's important. And you're the only one that people can get it from. There's no one else that can offer exactly what you offer. So listen, don't rob people of the reward of being your friend because you're too scared to be vulnerable. 
Don't rob people of the reward of your friendship because real relationships are rewarding. Then finally, number three. Real relationships, not only are they rewarding, they're worth it. Real relationships are worth it. Maybe you say, Pastor Michael, I have not found that to be true in my life. I've only ever been hurt Anytime that I open myself up to somebody else. Listen, you ain't met the right one yet. You're not, you've not met the right friend. Real relationships are rewarding. It's, some, it's one of the most, other than marriage, it's the most rewarding thing that I've ever experienced in this life. Are great friendships that can be there for me and hold me up. I have some friendships. I have, I have one friend, I had a friend this morning that texted me. And he said, hey, he said, uh, get up there and give him heaven. I said, all right. And I, ha- I have people in my life that every single Sunday, they'll text me or they'll call me and they'll check on me. A lot of them will do it on Mondays because they know that after doing something like this and pouring myself out on Sunday, that Monday's, Monday's usually a bad day for me. You can ask anybody that I work with, don't talk to me on a Monday. I don't snap or anything. I just don't have much to give. But, but they'll always call me or they'll text me on a Sunday or a Monday. And they'll say, how are you doing? They check on me. This is, this is why relationships are worth it. Because you know what? There's a lot of times that I can just be honest with them. I say, you know what? Not doing great. Not doing really good right now. And there's a, you know, if he was texting calls he said hey what's going on he doesn't stop with the text he just picks up that phone and calls me and he, get, he lets me just spill it for about an hour and a half he's one of my pastors and, um, and his relationship to me is worth every single hurt that I've ever experienced because life can be rough life can be tough and you're going to get hurt but you got to find somebody that's going to be there in the good times and in the bad times. I know sometimes it seems like the easiest thing to do to cut ties, go about your business. It's easier to not open yourself up. It's easier to not let anyone see how you really feel. It's easy to keep your walls up. It's easy, but it's not worth it. It's exhausting. 2 Timothy chapter 4 says this. It says, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. See, this letter written to a guy named Timothy was written by a guy named Paul. It was written in 61 AD. And this is years after the split between Paul and Barnabas. And something has happened between that split and between the moment where Paul is writing this letter from prison. Where Mark was seen as a hindrance to the ministry before, now he's seen as a help to Paul. See, we don't know when this relationship change took place. We just know that at some point it did. Because he said, hey, Get Mark and bring him because he's, he's helpful to me in my ministry. 
there's relationship splits that have happened in all of our lives. And in most cases, there's this word that God desires in each one. It's called reconciliation. It's a real large uh, $100 word. In fact, God cares so much about reconciliation that he writes this in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says this, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. I don't want it. First, go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. God cares so much about your heart, about your relationships being patched up to the best of your ability that he says, don't even worship me yet. Go fix it. Do your best to go repair what's broken. Then you come back. You can worship me afterward. God cares enough about the restoration of relationships that he's willing to take a back seat until you fix what's broken. See, this word reconcile, it means to settle the difference. Um, I think in accounting, it means to bring the difference to zero to reconcile something together. So who is it for you today? This whole time I've been preaching, this whole time I've been speaking to you, who's been on your mind that you need to restore things with? Because I think that God is telling you right now, you gotta try to make things right. You might have split Maybe it was a week ago. Maybe it was five years ago. Listen, somebody in here hasn't spoken to your sibling in five years. And God says, it's time for you to reach out. And try to heal what's broken. Listen, that's a word from you. That's, that's not something that's written in my notes. Like God's speaking to you right now. got a sibling you haven't spoken with it's time to settle the difference you have a million excuses why you can't do it though and here's what I'll challenge you with you can have excuses or you can have progress but you can't have both you have to choose you can serve your agenda or you can serve God's agenda and God's agenda is always reconciliation always let me empower you with this you can do it nobody's nobody's gonna make no one else is gonna make the first move that person on the other side that you're thinking about right now they're not gonna move first but you can you can do it right now the good news here, though, is that as you reach out to them, that the healing doesn't come from you. God says, if you make a step, I'll take care of the rest. If you just step out, if you maybe just shoot them a text, say, hey, can we talk? God's going to take care of the healing. God will take care of it all. He's the one that heals 
the only part on your plate is the obedience of doing it. So who is it that you need to leave your gift on the altar for? Who is it that you need to, you need to set that down, you need to go make things right, and you can come back to it later? You're pursuing something right now. God says you need to set it down. You need to go make it right. And it'll be waiting for you when you come back. Who is that for you? Because listen, this is what I can promise you. I can't promise you it's going to be all sunshine and daisies. But I can promise you that it's going to be worth it. Because real relationships, they're tough, but they're rewarding. And the real relationships in our lives, the ones that that are going to stick it out, no matter what, they are worth it. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.